What's going on, everybody? Happy Sunday service, everybody. So for those of you that may be tuning in for the first time, welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Cody Barton. Uh, myself and my partner, Pace Morby, typically run this every single Sunday at 7 p.m. Arizona time. For those of you that are new or maybe just haven't heard it from one of the past lives, uh, we are on Spotify and iTunes as well. So uh, while you're driving to work, while you're working out, while you're doing whatever you're doing, you can tune in to Sunday service now throughout the week. Listen to past episodes as well. Um, if you like what we're doing with the show, make sure to you know give us uh, a good rating on on iTunes and everything. So um, we're super excited. You know, this Sunday um, is Pace's birthday. So. He is currently at dinner with his wife and his kids for his birthday. So just finished up playing golf with him earlier. But we have a really awesome Sunday service coming tonight. Um, super excited to have Noah on. Um, so I'm going to jump right into it, guys. We have Noah Hoffman on tonight. We're going to be talking about Airbnbs. We're going to be talking about you know uh, purchasing um, properties on creative finance terms, seller carries, sub twos, and then with the exit strategy of Airbnb, why myself and Pace are doing more of that right now going you know, into 2021. Um, what are some of the you know, pros and cons to Airbnb? I am going to ask you know, Noah some questions about Airbnb as well. Um, and then for everybody that's on here, you know, we're going to open it up for some questions as well. So let's Go ahead and jump into it. Uh, I want you to introduce yourself, Noah. Let everyone know, you know, where you're coming, where you come from, and you know how you got into real estate. You know, brief uh, rundown of that, and you know, in your opinion, why you love Airbnb so much. And then we'll jump right in. Okay, great. Uh, thank you, Cody, um, and thanks for having me on. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Um, so how I got in originally. Um, was I had a, you know, way back, um, you know, eight years ago, way back, um, I had a friend who was a landlord, had a lot of properties mm -hmm. in Berkeley, California, and I wanted to learn real estate from him, but he kind of got in in, in a traditional way. Yeah. And so there wasn't really, there, it felt like there was no way for me to get in. Um, I didn't have big down payments to, to do that. Um, but at one point, so he needed people like tradesmen, plumbers, carpenters. That's what he wanted. He didn't really right. have a spot for me to get in. And But one time he had a vacant unit come open. It was a studio. Mm -hmm. And I had just heard about Airbnb. It was in 2012. And I said, hey, let's furnish it and let me manage it for you as an Airbnb. And he said, okay, let's do it. We furnished it. Guests started booking and they just never stopped. <laughs> and it's, it's eight years later now and that unit is still full, um, still occupied with Yes. Uh, eventually, I started managing more units for him, five units for him. I started unit managing one for his brother, started managing for other, basically all people word of mouth. Mm -hmm. um, I started doing arbitrage. I So at that time, I was I had like basically three jobs. I had my carpet cleaning business. I had, you know, I started with Airbnb management and I was driving Uber at one point. Um, so one of the carpet cleaning customers that I used to clean their carpet, he he owned a lot of property. So I started asking him, I started, I would pitch my Airbnb business to carpet cleaning, like property owners. So a few of them hired me to manage their properties. Mm -hmm. And one of them said he would rent me his property to put on Airbnb. He, um, and it took him a year to say yes, by the way. 
you know, it was a long sales cycle. And then um, anyhow, he saw how good I took care of his property. Yeah. And by the, by the way, the first property, I offered him over market rent for it. A little bit over market rent, like 10% over market rent. Mm-hmm. And I gave him a full month deposit. He saw how good I kept it. I kept it. He saw house cleaners coming in and out. He saw how it was furnished really nicely. Mm-hmm. And he said, okay, I have another unit coming up. And then for that second unit, I said, okay, well, can't, you know, I can't give you a full deposit. How about a half a month deposit? So every next unit I got from him, I got a little better deal. Um, eventually, I started learning how to buy properties uh, myself with mm-hmm. my wife. And we were buying, we got an owner-occupied loan mortgage for a duplex. And, and in the Bay Area here, um, the prices are so high. And so the margins are really, really slim. You know, mm-hmm. even with Airbnb, it was really tight. Um, and where is that at for everybody listening? Richmond, California, San Francisco, okay. East Bay. Mm-hmm. So we had a we have like a rent controlled tenant upstairs who's paying like half of market, and so even my Airbnb downstairs doesn't really make up for it. So then I really like started brainstorming, and that's when I got into remote management. I started. I, I found out about Fresno, California, which is three hours away. <clears throat> Actually, let me back that up. I um I had a friend who had a unit in Las Vegas, a, a mm-hmm. vacant condo. He says, can you manage it? I said, no, that's crazy. It's too far. Uh-huh. He said, I have a nephew there. He can help you. Um, so I said, OK, let's try it. And then it just went like perfect. You know, I, I found house cleaners online and handymen online. Like I didn't go there for the first year. I didn't even like go see it at all the first year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, then I, I flew out, helped set up a second unit, and then eventually was managing four in Vegas. And that gave me confidence to go to other markets. So I started investing in Fresno, California, which is uh, about three hours south, three to four hours south. Um, and then so I started buying units there also, you know, conventional loans, yeah. you know, one per year. And that's when I kind of ran into that brick wall. And that's how that's how I found out about, you know, I, I started looking at wholesaling. And that's how I found out about subject to ran into you and pace. So and now since actually, you know, I'm a I'm a student of you and pace in the mentorship. And um, and so now I have I got since then I got one sub two deal in Bakersfield, California J, that I JV on. And um, and that's probably my best house because it's an awesome house with a pool and hot tub nice. that we got for, got for zero down. Amazing. And actually, we're still waiting on this testimonial because the woman is so happy, you know, she got us, you know, she that she sold us this house for zero down that we um, cash flow like crazy. on. Um, got another owner finance with a great um, another great guy, another sub two student um, owner finance deal. And so a lot of a lot of good stuff is happening. So that's amazing. That's amazing story, Noah. So. So for everybody listening, and I know a lot of more people just have jumped in here, um, you know, we're talking about Airbnb tonight. So we will get into some of the questions that you guys do have. You know, where are you guys tuning in from? Um, let us know in the comments, you know, what what city or state that you're you're tuning in from tonight. So you've gotten a couple of properties picked up, you know, on creative terms, sub two, seller carry. Obviously, that's something that you know, Pace and myself are doing a lot more of him more so than even myself. But, you know, he's got me, he has me on with the bug of, of doing it now as well. Um, so let, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the, 
the pros and cons of Airbnb in general, just in your personal opinion from now doing this for eight years, right? You know, what, what would you say, you know, for people that are listening in that are like, you know, I would love to be able to start doing, you know, Airbnb investing and, you know, creating a higher amount of cash flow than standard rentals. Like what, what would you say are the, the top few things that, you know, people maybe need to keep in mind that are the cons, but then also on, on the pros when it comes to uh, Airbnbs. Okay. Um, so if we start, start with the cons, mm -hmm. um, one thing that everyone has to keep in mind, it does cost money to set it. It costs more money to set it up than if you like sell it on a wrap. If you rent right. it out, sell it on a lease option, all that, you know, you don't have to furnish it. Yeah. You know, we're, we're spending, you know, eight to 15,000 to set these houses up because you have, you know, they look at the pictures and the pictures yeah. and the location are the only thing that the guest has to choose. So the mm -hmm. pictures have to look great. So the house has to look great. You know, the furniture can't be the cheapest available. Yeah. Um, so that's one um, con is it does cost money. It costs more what money. What is the average setup then? Is it the eight to 15,000? Obviously it'll vary depending on how big the house is and the pool and everything, but what's like the typical at, you know, cost that it, that it is that you see? Yeah. Um, I mean, I would like to say 10 to 12,000. I mean, okay. if, if you can't, I mean, it depends. Like if you really want to be zero um, involved, ha completely hands off, it will be a little bit more mm -hmm. because I've always been really good at like in my local market, I, I can do it for a lot less because I mm -hmm. get, I have, um, I, I collect furniture here in the Bay area. I have like, you know, several storages or garages filled with furniture. I have, you know, I, I collect it. I, I buy it used, I get it free, but I can't do that out of state as yeah. much. I, I do, I still do get stuff used, um, but it takes more time to track it down and deliver it. But yeah. um, oh, a couple other cons, um, you know, so Airbnb is, a, is an active business. It's not a passive um, investment. So, right. you know, we're, we're, com we're constantly fighting claims, you know, from guests like, you know, um, the battery died in the remote. I want some money back or, or whatever. Like my feet got wet, you know, the whatever, like there's always little, you know, um, things involved. So, you know, it's a, it's yeah. a business. It's a lot more involved. Um, let's see here. So other cons. So you have to know your market a little bit. So a lot of people, so it's a, a the, the location is a pro there's pros and cons. So a lot of people think it has to be in a tourist location destination. Uh -huh. And that's like, that's not true. And actually there's, um, there's like a, a graph that show the least and most profitable locations. And some of the least profitable locations are places like San Francisco and Santa Monica, least profitable. It's because the price of the property is so high. Mm -hmm. So, so destinations can be great if you get a great deal, but actually most of my um, guests are traveling workers construction, traveling construction workers and medical workers, you know, and other reasons. So places that you wouldn't think are, you know, um, do well, do great. Like, you know, um, not necessarily big towns, a lot of little towns do really good. Um, that makes sense. That's interesting. Cause that, that was something that I had is a little bit of a limiting belief, just, you know, that, Oh, you probably need to have it in like the heart of Old Town Scottsdale here in Arizona, where everything's happening to even do well on an Airbnb. So, because I thought that was, you know, something that was a must. But 
you know, there are a lot of people that do travel that aren't just going for vacation. There's, you know, work and, you know, things like that, that bring people place. So um, makes, makes a lot of sense. So, okay. So obviously, you know, a few of the cons there, you know, as far as on um, the pros, what would you say are the top like pros that, you know, for people that are looking or considering doing Airbnb that, you know, you would, you know, suggest why they should get into it? Um, well, so for example, um, what I did, what, like I didn't have any other way to get into real estate at all. So this was the first like toe in the door was to manage an Airbnb for someone else. And, you know, and you can even arbitrage, you can, you have to build a relationship with the property owner and then they will, you do have to use some credit cards to furnish it. You have to find a way to get that done or you get free furniture like me on Craigslist free section, um, which they give away great stuff in bigger cities. Um, and in nicer areas, but um, so the be obviously the best thing is is, is way higher um, returns, and that's pretty much like across the board. Like you know, um, Airbnb, you can rent a tent on Airbnb in your backyard. Yeah, <laughs> ten dollars a night. You can rent a treehouse. Like if you go yeah. to Airbnb's website, they show a treehouse because yeah. you literally you can. So it's like the mindset you have to. So for me, any property I own. I'll put it on short-term rental. I don't care where it is. I will try it anywhere. Like, except for, I wouldn't do it in North Korea or Syria. But besides that, yeah. I would do it uh, anywhere. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, I would, I would want to make sure there's at least 20 other Airbnbs in that town. Something like, you know, I, I don't want it to be too small. Like, yeah. like a lot of cities have thousands of Airbnbs. Yeah. And, um, you know, you can just go to airdna.co, type a city name in their market minder and you'll see like there's 7,500 Airbnb active Airbnbs in Atlanta, for example, you know, you go to smaller towns, you know, there's at least a couple hundred everywhere. So Airbnb is like a brand, like a hotel brand now. Yeah. And so imagine if you have a place and you can just stick it on holiday Inn's website, like, right. you know, it has, it has its own following. Like you don't have to do the marketing, like people just come. Yeah, no, that's amazing. So there's a couple of really good questions that, had popped up here. Um, I know T-Town Supreme has asked this a couple times, so I think it's a hot button for them to get this answered. What type of security system do you use in, uh, in the Airbnb properties? Um, so um, I, use, I do use cameras. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't use them starting out, but I started with Nest. Uh -huh. And then eventually I went over to Ring because mm -hmm. their monthly subscription is a little bit lower and they work, they work well, they're the cheapest but they work well. Awesome. Awesome. And then there is another Darren Talcott, dude. Great question. So how accurate would you say the, you know, in general, right? Obviously, you know, some markets are going to vary, but generally how accurate are, you know, the income projections that like the Airbnb calculator sites come up with when you're, you know, when you're actually underwriting a property. Um, so on air DNA, air, excuse me, air DNA rentalizer, that's mm -hmm. it's kind of like their rent-a-meter on AirDNA um, Rentalizer. Um, it's really accurate. So it's not it's not perfect. So I just recently was looking through a bunch of my properties, comparing it, and yeah. some of them were a little more, some of them a little less. So mm -hmm. it's not perfect, but it's but AirDNA calculator is really close. Gotcha. So would you say that's the 
you know, the, the main place people should be going when they're starting to do their underwriting for um, considering putting a property on Airbnb is it AirDNAs or other websites you use or what are the other tools that you recommend for people to take a look at? Um, so um, I just started using Price Labs uh, Market Dashboard. So because AirDNA might have like at least a one month lag on their data, mm -hmm. um, Price Labs is like, very it's like very current up to like you can see like last week's trends like what's picking up this month like literally in real time in a certain neighborhood like mm -hmm. how many bookings are, are happening so i i've started to look at price labs also gotcha okay cool so price labs uh darren also is a good resource there so chuck billy he was just at the mastermind this weekend so good to spend some time with you at the mastermind chuck so his question is, is there some special insurance that's needed? And, you know, follow up question to that. How do you stop people from having parties at the house? Even if it says no parties. Yeah, great questions. Um, so on the insurance, I know there are new companies that are advertising short term rental insurance, mm -hmm. but I haven't um, used any yet. Mm -hmm. I, um, I, so Airbnb has their own um, host guarantee, million dollar host guarantee. Mm -hmm. And I file lots of claims with Airbnb. I've really? gotten up to a $6,500 claim when we had guests rob the whole house. Um, they pulled their truck in the garage. They took washer, dryer, beds, TVs, dining sets. And what I was so, it's like the house cleaner called me and said, Noah, we've been robbed. You've been robbed. And I, um, I was so nervous, but we had like a one month booking getting ready to check in one week later. So I didn't have time to worry. So I just got online, started ordering used furniture on Craigslist. People were delivering it. The house cleaner was helping manage it. I didn't even have to show up. And it was, you know, all ready to go a week later. And I got paid out um, $6,500 from Airbnb. So they, Airbnb loves paperwork. They want screenshot, either receipts or screenshots of replacement products with the number on it, like from a company, any furniture store, whatever. And, and I'm doing it all the time. That's one of the... Um, you know, parts of the business is filing claims. It's an active thing. And so it's like, if someone stains a new sheet, breaks a wine glass, I can file a claim and get paid. Interesting. Okay. So that part of that, you know, where you're setting up these properties, so you're documenting everything that you get placed into the houses for that specific reason on those claims. Yeah. I mean, literally I got somebody tried to ask like, and I, we're also fighting claims. Somebody was asking for six, half their money back just mm -hmm. a few days ago mm -hmm. because there was, wasn't enough plates in the house for their group. They had like nine people. They only found six big plates. There was plenty of medium-sized plates, small plates. And, um, you know, so, but I have all this documented. I have videos, photos, everything. And um, but you know, so they didn't, you know, they didn't get Airbnb, you know, they, they'll make the final decision. You both provide your evidence yeah. and, you know, and your reasoning and they mm -hmm. will decide. So they went with me and we didn't have to give them anything back on that. Um, as wow. far as having parties, there is a new device called noise aware uh -huh. and it can, it, and you plug it in and it'll know if the, like this decibels get loud in your property and can send you an alert so that can you know, alert yeah, you. I, I haven't used that. it. Huh? Okay. <laughs> I was like, I so you handle that then? If, you know, you get the alert, then you reach out to the people there or what? 
Right. So that's what you would do. Um, but I haven't. I've seen on my ca video camera, I saw a party happening. I saw like 300, no, excuse me, probably like 100 people pouring into my unit at like midnight once. And I was like, I didn't know what to do. Like, um, I didn't even think I should call the police. Like, I just, I just waited. And like, I saw them all leaving, like right on, right on the dime of 3 a.m. So I was like, okay, those look like high school students, a little bit responsible. And they cleaned up and it was okay, you know? Um, I had another party that wasn't as okay, but it still ended up okay. I got a, a scary call at six in the morning and it's like the worst call you ever want to get. Noah, this is um, Gladys, your neighbor down on 24th street. Uh, your guests had a, your Airbnb guests had a party last night and they were outside fighting. Um, a car drove off screeching their tires and hit a car across the street and then crashed into a house. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, so, so I called my good buddy, my oh. good buddy who always comes to these problems with me. We drove over. Um, I saw the car was totaled. You know, I just wanted to like address the situation right away. Yeah. I saw the car was totaled. The family was outside. The dad was like, "Yeah, this is my daughter. She's 18. She's like just got her license. Um, she was sad." And I was like, "Well, was the car insured?" They were like, "Yeah, fully insured." I was like, "Okay, great. Nobody was hurt." The bumper, the, the the person's bumper was still laying in the yard. And they said, you know, and by the way, the woman is in jail already. They found her. The cops found her. Um, and it was my guest, the one who booked it. And um, and the house part, they crashed into like a concrete part of the porch. So they just scratched it a little bit. And uh, and it was no problem. Oh, my God. Well, that, was that the craziest thing that you've had to deal with or? Yeah. Yeah, those two were some of the craziest. And I had one um, person who refused to leave and refused to pay. They oh. booked they booked a whole month. And so then after a great tenancy so that you had to evict them. But I didn't ha I didn't do it. So what I did is I just went um, like to the old neighborhood and, and got one of my, my big friends to go over there with me just to kind of like intimidate him a little bit. We didn't do anything, but he was like, hey, I booked this. I'm supposed to be checking in next. And he kind of scared him a little bit. And um, and then we left. And then like the next day they left. So we oh didn't have God. to. Oh, but actually there was a longer story to that. They did call the cops, the people in the unit, the guests. And they called the cops and said, hey, like somebody's trying to break in our apartment. And um, even though we were just outside, so they came, cops came with dogs. But I learned this trick on YouTube. I had a lease in my backpack from mm -hmm. the owner to me. and I And so I told the cops like, I have the lease in my backpack. Please take a look at it. And so the cops saw, okay, you know, these people are squatting on you basically, but you know, you have to go through the county and proper channels, but they let us go. And then, you know, the tenants saw that like, we don't, you know, um, the, they, we kind of pretended like we don't know anything about the law and stuff like that. I mean, even though I have the lease, but like yeah. we kind of acted a little crazy. And so they left the next day. Wow, that's, that's intense. Um, but about the Richmond party, that's why I don't do one day stays in that city anymore. You know? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it wouldn't really make sense to do one day stays. What or, or in general, what do you, what do you typically require? You know, for like two three day stay, two to three nights, or what do you typically recommend for people to do? Um, that's the uh, uh, awesome question because um, what I've done for years now is so for ninety days and out. I'll have a 30 day minimum. So that's, in, you know, that's means. So I don't want someone to book for two days, like five months from now, because they're going to block someone who was trying to come for two months. 
Uh, so, so 90 days and further, I'll have like a 30 day minimum. And like between 60 and 90 days, I might change it to a 14 day minimum. And as it gets closer, I reduce the minimum nice day all the way down to two and three nights, um, you know, and fill those gaps as it gets closer. That's really smart. That's a that's a great nugget just to, you know, increase your revenue that you're bringing in on those longer stays. Yeah, and, and by the way, I used to do that all manually. And then just recently when I signed up with uh, Price Labs, they have a setting for like um, far and super far minimum night stay settings. And like it's so it, so Price Labs will do that automatically for me now. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Love that. So so on the on the party thing, you pretty much, you know, you make it be two to three night stays. Anything else that you do in like the description or anything like that? Or you just hope for the best? Well, I mean, so I have some special situation. Yeah, I hope for the best pretty much. Yeah. You know, I have, you have to be, you know, it's just like when you rent to someone. Anyone can tear up your property, but you have yeah. to kind of go in with a positive attitude. And usually the worst doesn't happen. Even on that time, like I've had, I, I, there was another party once. The owner who lived like in a adjoining unit, he called me, Noah, you got to get over here. These people are having a party. Um, I don't want to go out there and bring my gun. Something like that, he said. Yeah. And I was driving Uber at the time. So I, I really like didn't want to go at 2 a.m. to some party to tell people yeah. to stop partying. And, you, and it's the only time I ever did it. But I just pulled up. And like they were outside drinking alcohol, like peeing in the street. And oh, like, God. and um, and I told them, you know, can you wrap up? And I, I didn't get out of my car. Like they were outside literally. And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, 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 you know, the cops already told us to turn it down. We're going to end it. But like the music was still on. I was like, okay, well they were like, okay, everyone's leaving. So I just pulled over like a block away and just like waited in my car. You have like 45 minutes and they slowly left and they cleaned up though. Then by the next day, like they, all the trash was bagged up, you know? So wow. even the worst nightmares aren't that bad. Interesting. Love that. Love that. So, I want to, I'm curious, Noah, because I know obviously you're managing Airbnbs for Pace and then you're going to be doing some for, for me and Pace right now. We obviously we have this property on Sonnet. We're working on getting these other tenants out of our property on a historic home that we have with a guest house that we want you to manage. And then we're under contract on another buy that um, we want to get you to help us with as well. Are you looking on, you know, just for people that may be listening in, are you looking to expand your business and managing more people's uh, Airbnbs or are you kind of in a position where you're just trying to um, manage just more of your own internally or where, what are your goals with that? Okay. Um, so thanks for asking. But um, so as far as the management, it's kind of a case by case basis. I, I, um, I don't, I can't take on too much at once, but, right. um, but at case by case, I am, um, managing more units and, um, I'm also, you know, I look at you and pace as such big givers. Um, you know, I, you probably, you guys could retire today if you wanted to, I'm sure, but, but you share so much, all the nuggets just freely. And people have been calling me a lot lately. Mm -hmm. You know, some, some, sometimes I might get 10, 20 calls people asking me about Airbnb. So I decided to make a course myself. It's I a, love that. Yeah. It's like an eight week course that I'm launching next Saturday. So, that's so that's going to be for people who want to do it themselves, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. I love that. That's awesome. So, so how, I mean, what's the best way for people to reach out to you in regards to that? Just message you on Instagram, Facebook, or, I mean, just for people to reach out for that. Cause I think that that would definitely help a lot of people. 
Yeah, so you can message me on Instagram, and I have a link in my bio, um, and the website for the course is airbnblaunchpad.com. Awesome, awesome. So airbnblaunchpad.com, um, and that's your Instagram at airbnbkingnoah on Instagram. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. That's for the people that are listening in after not watching us on here live. Okay, so let's let's take a look here. Uh, so Chuck is asking another good question. Are you typically filing more insurance claims for an Airbnb compared to normal rental? It sounds like more Airbnb direct claims versus your own insurance claims, right? Correct. So um, I haven't filed any claims through an actual insurance company. Mm -hmm. um, I, I had a home warranty at one point and I had an AC that went out and the home warranty company they said they don't know how many days it's going to take. It could take a week and I couldn't wait a week. So, right. I mean, obviously that wasn't a claim I could try, I could blame Airbnb for. So I just like paid cash for that AC um, repair on that one, you know, but, but then like the next day they were like, okay, it's ready. We have the part. And I was like, damn, I, I could have waited a day. But um, yeah, so I don't, I haven't filed any claims with any traditional insurance companies. Gotcha. Gotcha. So Kenny has a question on, do you find that uh, filing claims against, you know, people that are in the staying at the property messes with your ratings? And also, are you making claims for small items like, you know, scratching the floor, maybe damaging the floor, like small, uh, minor, like, you know, like wear and tear items? Or where do you draw the line, I guess, between, you know, going after a claim or not going after a claim? Um, well, so, I mean, so sometimes you... You have to use your gut and sometimes you have to be empathetic. Sometimes you just have to kind of let things slide. You have to just use your judgment. But uh, and it's a case by case because, um, you know, it's like you literally can ask for lots of small things like missing pillows because you, you kind of get nickel, nickel. You can get nickel and dime for to death yeah. by people like breaking dishes. I mean, that's yeah. so petty, but like staining brand new sheets or things like that. Yeah. And so it's like um, the hard part is having the um, house cleaners notify you in time because you have to file the claim before the next guest checks in. Yeah. You have to at least you have to start it. Yeah, that makes sense. But but as far as reviews, I, I did just get hit with a bad review, unfortunately, today um, because I didn't give a guy enough money back. He like our lock failed once in a while. It happens like very mm -hmm. rarely, but a digital lock failed. And I didn't have, usually I have a backup key in a lockbox, Yeah. but it wasn't there. So it was my bad. And luckily it was close enough for me to go through, like crawl through a window, get this guy in the house. <laughs> I was trying to like find the other copies, but I couldn't in time. And he left me a bad review today saying, you know, it took Noah, you know, an hour to get me into the house. Um, I appreciate he did it, but it shouldn't have happened, you know? So I yeah. got hit with a little bit of a bad review because I didn't give him a hundred dollars that he asked me for. Yeah. I, I gave him 25. Oh yeah. Gotcha. So, I mean, you're just going to be dealing with these people. So um, let's see what other questions that we have here. So there's a lot of um, questions coming in. Did anyone catch the price lab site? Is it literally just pricelab.com you said? Yeah, or it might be IO. Let me, let me see here. Um, Yes, yeah, just literally price price labs, price labs. Dot co. Dot co. Price labs. Dot co. 
Got it. Got it. And so this is an interesting question. I'm curious as well is John says, I have a VRBO ca uh, caching very well. Do you prefer Airbnb over VRBO? Or do you use both for advertising the property? Um, so I so I know VRBO has been around a lot longer than Airbnb, actually, mm -hmm. and they are stronger in some traditional tourist locations. Okay, um, but I'm not actually in um, the the hard. I'm not in any areas where VRBO is stronger than Airbnb. Um, mm -hmm. So no, I don't use it now. But I did use um, for one year. I tested um, with the channel manager. I tested. Um, I was on Airbnb, VRBO, HomeAway which are now merged and they're owned by Expedia. And there's also Expedia Vacation Rentals and Booking.com. So I was on like all those sites for one year to kind of test it. Uh -huh. And it, I found that, you know, 85% of my bookings still came from Airbnb. Mm -hmm. And all the other ones were like 10 times more work than Airbnb. So I stopped it. I stopped using all of them, even though I did make money. And so I, and I might go back to them at some point. But I would need to like dedicate somebody to to run all of that for me. I, I just it was it was a bit much at the time for me doing it by myself. Yeah. So speaking of you know doing that by yourself, I saw someone had asked a question as well on you know what is what does your team look like for the management of the of the properties now? Is it just you, or do you have anyone else that's helping you out on the management side of things? Sure. Um, so on the management side, so not cleaners, obviously we have yeah. house cleaners, handyman. Um, yeah. So, so I recently hired um, a full-time assistant uh -huh. who, who is amazing. Um, Local or overseas? Virtual. Yeah. A virtual assistant. And she came with like a lot of experience with short-term rental. So mm -hmm. like I tried to train another VA and it was like, yeah. it was like, I can't see your screen. I was like, okay, forget it. Um, <laughs> And so anyhow, so then I went back and I found the right experience and it's been like a lifesaver. So now now we're going to like get another one and I'm really starting to divide roles out, um, you know, so um, but that's it right now. That's it for the management, me and my main assistant. But I'm, I'm trying to I, I hire kind of local helpers in every market. Right. And and one kind of awesome thing that I did in Goodyear when I came to Phoenix the first time yeah. was I made a flyer that said, I'm looking to pay somebody to roll my garbage can out to the street and bring it back every week. And I will pay you $25 a month. So I made this flyer and I went door to door in the neighborhood, uh -huh. right? Cause I just, I wanted to find someone that was just within a couple of blocks Yeah, because that's the only person who was going to be worth you know, who, who's not, who's going to be able to do it for 25 bucks. Yeah. And like I found, I found somebody immediately. And, um, and so that was, that's invaluable to find somebody like a helper within a few blocks um, who's not going to charge you an arm and a leg to, to help you out, to help out when you need something. Gotcha. I love that. So, and then obviously, I mean, for here, let's talk a little bit about Sonnet, the property that the new property that we're, um, you know, we're literally, we signed on on Friday, should be recording and finalizing the closing on Monday here. Um, you know, what, what does that setup look like? I'll kind of give everyone a little bit of background on that property. We bought this property for, it's a four bed. I can't remember if it's three bath or not, but it's a four bed, two bath or three bath. I can't really remember. Um, but we bought it for $475,000, $10,000 down. 
So we've, we're financing $465,000 at 2% interest, which is a freaking great deal. Seller carry. And on this particular deal, we have to put you know, a decent chunk of cash into it up front. As far as uh, we're spending about $35,000 getting the interior ready. There's some roof work that needs to be done. And then it sounds like another 10, 15,000 ish on getting the interior of that one set up. Um, you know, so what, what does that process look like? You know, from, you know, we're closing on it to tomorrow, you know, we have our, you know, construction teams going in to get the renovation started, to get it ready for you. You know, what are some of those, I guess for maybe people that are that are new that obviously they can get your course, but what are some of the first things that you do and you know getting a property ready to roll? Um, so the first thing I do is I get all the utilities on. Uh -huh. And I've you know, and that might mean I need a lease or some kind of documents that show I have the rights to the property. I get the water, electric, gas, internet is important. Then the first things I want on the lock uh, on the house are the digital lock. And maybe the ring camera, the ring doorbell. Um, and then um, I can start getting deliveries. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I start. So I'm trying I'm doing more and more on Amazon. So basically, like my my three go to's are like Amazon, Walmart, Ikea. You know, I, so do you save so, like store like your like most commonly bought stuff in Amazon, like an Amazon list that's like click purchase, you know, ship all of it type thing? Yes. So, so, but, but lately I've been, I, I'm always looking for something a little bit different. Sometimes stuff isn't available, but yeah. I do, I have been saving lists. Amazon and Walmart lets you save lists on their website mm -hmm. and you can share them. It has a, like a share feature too. So it's pretty good. Um, and, but I, I usually get the bedding from Ikea and nightstands, nightstands mm -hmm. and bedding from Ikea and um, everything else from now more and more on Amazon, more and more furniture. And then also, Facebook marketplace. It used to be Craigslist for like, um, you know, I can get a really good deal on dining set and living room set. Um, and sometimes some appliances, you know, I'll get, I'll get appliance like used appliances, but with a warranty, like a 30 day warranty letter, like used from a shop. Yeah. yeah. Love so that. I just, I just got to start ordering that stuff. Cause I need to find, you know, as soon as possible. Cause I start finding bottlenecks, like something might, you know, I might not be able to get something. Yeah. So, but those are the, the first things there to start ordering it. And some stuff can be, can take a couple of weeks to arrive. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So, um, man, there's so many freaking good questions. I don't know if you're seeing, you know, these coming through here. I'm, I'm going to try to get to a few of these here. I think on, you know, if you guys would, um, you know, get value from that, maybe what we can do is, you know, put a yes or a peace sign in the comment section. If once we finish up the renovation and, you know, get the new property that we just bought on Sonnet done, maybe we could do a YouTube video when you're out here, just talking about the property and, you know, highlight, you know, what we're working on. Oh, am I back? Yeah, you're back. Lost you for a sec. That was weird. Um, anyways, yeah, maybe uh, we could do a YouTube video, you know, breaking down that deal. I think that would be fun. Let's do it, man. Like, yeah, I think everyone should, should, should come check it out.
Yes, Christopher, I know my, I don't know what was going on with my internet there for a second. Um, this is a good question from Adrian. He says, hey, Noah, is there a minimum amount of cash flow that uh, to consider, you consider while seeing if the property will be a good Airbnb? Like, what is that, you know, uh, what does that need to look like? Like, say, for example, on like Sonnet, like that one, if you know the numbers off the top of your head, like I think our all-in mortgage is in the low 2000s, like 22 or 2300 a month. Um, and obviously that one seemed like a good enough deal for you, you know, letting us know that it's a good enough deal. So maybe whether it's an example of using that one or just like a general rule of thumb that you go off of. Um, I, I, I really do need to get that number and percentage down, but I, I don't have, I, um, I can't tell you what's a good deal. Cause when I started, it was, I was willing to go slimmer, you know, um, right. like I was willing to break even to learn, you know, but, right. um, so, but I think for everyone, that's a little bit different. Um, so no, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't have a, a great answer. I think. I think it'll just, you know, case by case a little bit on like, what is, what is someone willing to spend? I mean, for us, like we're going to, you know, put $70,000 and uh, you know, in capital into that deal and, you know, looking at it, I think we should be getting a 20% cash on cash return, you know, within the first year, it, it seems like from the numbers on that particular property, but we'll see as it goes over the, you know, this, this year. Um, and, and I can also throw out, um, you know, one house, like it, in houses, like in the Bay area, you know, mm -hmm. the margin is really slim, but in Fresno, California, for example, I can double my mortgage, you know, you know, if I yeah. self manage it, something like that. Awesome. Matt Beard. He lives in a concrete box. I do live in a concrete building. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> um, so what are what are your thoughts on some of the restrictions on Airbnb? Like, you know, obviously, like some of the HOAs that start cracking down. Is there anything that, you know, uh, that people should know in regards to that or any, you know, due diligence that they should be doing? For sure. Like if you're about to spend seventy thousand dollars, you should look it up for sure. But um, I can tell you one thing, the entrepreneurial mindset um, will say you look for the yes, don't look for the no. So I, I would like to give an example of when I managed a couple of um, condos in the HOA mm -hmm. and we got like a first we got a message on Airbnb. Hey, I recognize that complex. I'm on the board. You're not supposed to do Airbnb. So the first thing we did, me and the owner, we thought about it. We took down the exterior photos. And I, I took the pool photo out and put a, a, a similar, but you know, like an equal but different pool photo in. Um, uh -huh. to, but um, but then what we decided, the owner decided, he thought about it. He said, you know what? Don't worry about it. And we even got like a letter. A letter came saying you're not supposed to do short-term rental. And the owner thought about it. He meditated and said, you know what? We're going to keep going unless they send us a fine. Unless they send us a fine or like a, a letter from an attorney, we're going to keep going. And we we went for years longer after that. So Airbnb, some oh, people, wow. yeah, some people hate Airbnb and some people love it. And uh, there's like a lot of like Airbnb boogeymen out there who will say like, oh, you're not supposed to do this and you're not supposed to do it here and there. But I wouldn't just take that and accept it. I would I would push back and, and do more research. Um, so because I same thing in Berkeley, California. You know, I heard, oh, you're not supposed to do it. And then like, you know, or they're thinking about banning it and things like that. I went to city council meetings for two years, like waiting for the update, waiting for the rules. And then they kept postponing it that eventually I gave up. I said, OK, well, they know where to find me. And yeah. finally, finally, in 2021, like 
five years later, like they sent out their first fine. So, you know, so Berkeley, it's like, it's, it's not a great place. It's a horrible place. Like the regulations, you have to be owner occupant. You have to be owner occupant to do anything under 14 days. So I would stay away from those cities, those very popular vacation towns, like, you know, like San Francisco, Berkeley, New York, mm -hmm. um, you know, you know, there's certain places where I would definitely stay out of. Gotcha. No, that, that makes sense. Um, so, I mean, this is probably, um, you know, Evan has a question on, you know, looking at Palm Springs as a, a region, each city has different laws. Do you stay away from Palm Springs? I don't know if you're familiar with that area, but, you know, that might be a, a similar situation that you're talking about. Right. So um, I don't know. I don't know about Palm Springs. No. But I, but I do know a little bit about Las Vegas. And so Las Vegas proper, they said you have to have a get a license. But there are all these other little city limits that are still considered Las Vegas. And they're a, a different actual like city law. So I was managing units in Las Vegas and never, never um, got a warning, never got anything. And apparently that was a different like over a different border, even though it's still considered Las Vegas. So um, but no, I don't know about Palm Springs. Gotcha. So this is I think this is a good question from Keegan. So when you're first starting out, like say a new Airbnb, are you typically pricing it at like the, you know, market rates of other similar properties or are you undercutting competition to drive up your traffic, try to get your reviews up or what's the strategy that you go off of there? Um, I, I honestly don't go too low. Um, now Airbnb will ask you, do you want to give a 20% discount and we will feature your listing for your first three reservations? So you could do that, but make sure you put like a three day minimum when you're doing that, because somebody will book it for two months and get that huge discount. So make uh, sure you give it like a three day, three, huh? three day max. I would give a three day max when okay. you give the 20% discount when you first launch, you know, for the first three reservations, three day max each. And, and then I would go to market because honestly, I think Airbnb will push up higher prices. Sometimes they, they want the higher price places to book also, you know, yeah. so, so it might, you know, you might not be safe in the algorithm if you're too cheap. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. So, so John's asking, you know, how much of the, how much percentage is Airbnb keeping of the overall fee? Like, what is that? What's that look like? Uh, it fluctuates. Um, it's about 12 to 15 percent. They don't give an exact. Um, they charge like a three percent transaction fee um, to the guest and then they charge a host fee. But they don't. If you look it up, like you won't find exact. It's like a it's like a range, you know, okay. and, and, and they can change that. Gotcha. So so Christopher is asking, you know, where do you find housekeepers? You know, say like a market like Georgia, like this one point whatever million dollar property pace just bought in Georgia. How are you finding, you know, new cleaners and in the new market to go and take care of that property on a consistent basis? Awesome. Yeah. So these are all the important things um, I used to. And so I've changed the way I do that over the years, but I used to go to a web, uh, an app called Handy. On Handy, you can book a house cleaner for like next day cleaning. You could just book a house cleaner oh, wow. and then you yeah, and then if they do well, then you get their contact and go direct. But I stopped using Handy because there's a lot of like one person cleaning teams. So now now what I want is I want like a three to five person team, like or like a three to five car cleaning company, a small cleaning company. 
I don't want them just one person because I need them to be available basically 365. If, if I have an emergency cleaning, I want them to accept it. If I have two cleanings on the same day, I want them to accept it. I don't want just one cleaner because they might not be available on Sunday or when I need them on their birthday, for example. So I wanted a, a small company, um, but not too big because if it's too big, then they start charging an arm and a leg. So I want a small company. Two. They have their cleaner cleaning company t-shirts, but they're still aggressive with their pricing. Yeah. So I find them on yeah. Google. Google, Yelp, Craigslist. Yeah. Gotcha. I actually just sent you just for as far as Arizona goes, I sent you the cleaning lady that we use on all of our stuff. She has a small team, so might be a good one to reach out to. She, we've been using her for like three, four years. Cool. Thank you. Um, let's see what other questions we have here, man. You guys are asking so many great questions. Thank you guys so much. Let's see. Leo says, Noah, can we get a deal on your course tonight with a discount if we buy it tonight? <laughs> 100%. So actually, so I um, I actually already was prepared for the discount. So because I was asking people what I should charge. And some people were telling me, you know, maybe charge $997, for example. I said, OK, well, I would like to cut that in half. So I I set it up for, four, for like $498. So. Cool. Cool. So if you guys are interested in that shoot, uh, you could, you know, reach out to Noah directly to, you know, get, get that set up. Um, let's see. Oh, this is a good question. So Geoff says when you're contemplating using a house for Airbnb, do you talk with your neighbors to see if that's going to be a problem or if not, have you ever had neighbors turn into a big issue? I worry yes. about this. This is my fear. Yes. So um, all great questions. And, and I think you're picking the best questions. But um, so what I do is I give the neighbors my phone number. I, I usually don't go out. Of, I don't have to go out of my way and knock on their door. I'll see them when I'm when I'm setting stuff up. I'll see a neighbor. I'll go introduce myself and tell them I'm going to be managing this property and we're going to be having traveling workers here like nurses. I don't say Airbnb. I just say we're going to have traveling workers here, you know, um, and I give them my phone number and, and I try to get their phone number, lock it in, send them a text. So really can really exchange numbers. And I say, you know, if my guests ever block your driveway, for example, please let me know immediately. 24 hours a day. Um, if they're like music's too loud, which it shouldn't happen. But if by chance it did, let me know. Because what I'm thinking is I want you to call me before you call the cops. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I haven't had too many big problems. I, I mean, not much at all. Matter of fact, just today, a neighbor called me and she told me she, she just wanted to let me know um, she's selling uh, she's selling her house. You know, she's looking and it's a good price. Um, if anybody's looking for a house in Fresno, it's not good enough. It's not she's not doing owner finance with the low down, but um, but it's a good yeah. price. Though. Yeah. Nice. Love, love that. Uh, let's see. Chris Vasquez asking how accurate is the air DNA data? Um, that was answered a little bit ago. Um, you can go back to that, but um, Noah said that it is pretty, pretty accurate. It is pretty helpful, but it sounds like price labs um, gives you the most accurate and updated, right? Um, I think air DNA might have some deep, deeper data um, and more individualized property data for all the other competitors, but air DNA is like at least a month lagging behind. Um, it won't show new stuff. Um, yeah, but AirDNA is pretty good. Yeah. 
Awesome. This is actually, guys, you guys are bringing the best questions right now. This is something literally Pace and I were talking about this last week because we're, you know, we're uh, starting to put some money aside because we want to buy a, uh, you know, a cabin up north in Flagstaff on some land and we're considering buying that and, you know, Airbnb it while we're not there. But, you know, what, how do you, how do you come up with numbers on something like that? I don't know if that's something that you, you know, that you typically uh, have worked in, you know, these rural properties like a cabin in the mountains, you know, are you just trusting the numbers on an air DNA or do you have to kind of do a little so, bit? So, so usually before I even go to air DNA, I'll go just to Airbnb itself and I'll, I'll type in an address. I'll look around and see what else is available and I'll see, um, I'll look at the other properties and how many reviews they have. Cause you know, you have to be a paying guest to review. So if you see properties with one review or zero reviews, that's, you know, you just, dis you don't even look at them. But if they have 30, 40, 50, 100, 200 reviews, that means there's some, some good demand in that area, you know? And then if you see, you know, a few dozen properties, you know, over, you know, five square miles or something, then you have something, you have good demand. You just I just count the reviews and you can also if you want more info, you can just read the reviews because people will say why they're visiting that town, you know, right in their reviews. Um, so I get a lot of wow. good intel. Yeah. So I'll just go right to Airbnb before I even go to AirDNA. I'll just look around and you can type different dates because if you type. So I, I wouldn't put any dates in when I'm first looking. Because if you put dates in, you'll see what's available on those dates and my, right. maybe everything. So you don't see anything. So I might put in dates like six months from now or three months from now to see, you know, what else is available. But, yeah, I just start I start my with pricing. I start high because you might get booked if you start too low. So, I mean, if you start too low, be careful. Don't let you know, you can set like a couple of weeks low and then like set it higher just in case. So I used to like set my future prices really high in case someone wants to book way in advance. Um, now I just have everything set to dynamic pricing. So, um, but even then, you know, with dynamic pricing, that's like price labs or beyond pricing, you set your minimum and basically your minimum price, your minimum nightly should basically be just your, all your monthly expenses divided by 30. That's like your minimum you're willing to take, like in the worst case scenario, like if it's really slow, um, take all your expenses divided by 30. That's your minimum nightly you're willing to take. And then about 50% higher should be like your base price. So in high demand times, it could go, you know, way up, way up higher than that. Love that. That was, that's super valuable. So I don't, I don't want to, I hope I don't mispronounce the name. Suheeb is asking, the, what's the best way to get started as soon as possible with short-term rentals? It sounds like arbitrage, right? You know, with the lease arbitrage, um, is, is there another way that you would recommend or would you say that's the best way to, to do that? Yeah, I would say, um, I would say just go to realtor.com, buy a perfect house, all cash tomorrow and get <laughs> all the furniture set up. No, I mean, so it's tricky, right? Like it depends yeah. how you, it depends how much money you have, actually, yeah. you know, and, and even arbitrage is hard. Like, so, so the numbers that I've heard are if you, you know, you make an appointment and say, Hey, I would like to see your house. You call like a mom and pop 
property owner, I'd like, I'm interested in renting your house. Can I see it? When, and when you show up, you, you dress nice and you tell them what you want to do and you sound sophisticated and let them know he's not going to have to deal with maintenance or anything. You're going to handle all of that and you can pay a couple of months in advance or whatever. And, um, and then if you talk to 10 landlords, you might get one. Yes. So that, that's the number I heard. Interesting. I was one of those landlords. Mm -hmm. I remember, so, uh, I think I told you about that on, uh, you know, we rented the, the front house that we had at one of our, uh, at our Encanto Historic District property. And then this company Loftium uh, had, you know, they, they were renting out, they were, you know, doing the arbitrage on the back. They went out of business though when COVID hit. So um, they were probably a little bit over leveraged. Man, and people are swooping up their stuff now too. I'm yeah, sure. have you been seeing that? <clears throat> no, I mean, I've heard about a couple of big, big, you know, big operations like that who kind of crashed. Mm -hmm. you know? So what would you say if somebody was doing that? Because I know some of the people that are listening in, they are, you know, newer investors. Maybe they're maybe they're wholesaling or flipping or doing some, you know, other strategies, or maybe they're, you know, listening in and they haven't done any real estate type of deal at all. Um, and maybe they're working a job. I mean, what would you say? And obviously it can vary so much based on the market and everything, but you know, what would what would be some of the the biggest things that you should look at to make sure you're prepared to get started with an Airbnb? Say you're going to do the arbitrage model. You're going to find you find a landlord and like, you know, a, a, a reasonable median price of a rent in that particular market and they need to go get it furnished. You know what? How long should that take them? What should that kind of look like? So how long would it take them to to get? A, so getting the landlord to say yes, that's kind of the, the mystery time timeline. Let's say they have say that I'm, they, you know, I'm the landlord. I'm like, yeah, like let's do it. Go ahead, you know, get started today. They get me to my deposit. Like how how long if they hustle should they expect to you know get it set up and start you know being able to get bookings coming in? I mean, if if they have if you know one week. I mean, if if they work hard, you know, mm -hmm. they they get it. They rent a truck, whatever they got to do. One week, you can get the house up and running. And the good thing about Airbnb, and by the way, the app is even easier than the website on Airbnb. You can mm -hmm. literally upload photos of your property and list it and have it booked the same day. Same day. Like, And, and I've done that many times, including Pace's Vegas house. Um, while I was at the, like, at the airport, like someone booked that house. And by the way, it's been five months now. She's still there. Same lady. Wait, so the lady's been Airbnb it for five months? Yeah. So so she just she was coming to Vegas to like she wanted to rent it so she could find a permanent home. And she's just like, I guess, never had time to do that. So she's just, you know, she's just paying kind of a short term. I mean, I gave she asked for a little bit of a discount at the second month and the third month. And then we had to just say, okay, this is as low as we can go. We're at thirty six hundred a month now um, for her. But normal rent was probably, you know, under two grand. Yeah, you know? that's and, great. Uh, and she's just like too busy to, to go find another place. You know, so a lot of my customers, they want places for a few months. They don't want to sign a year lease. They don't want to buy furniture and they don't want to stay in a hotel for that long. Yeah. I mean, I look at that. I, I love Airbnb. I mean, as a consumer, I'm going to Mexico next month and I'm staying in a house in Cabo for 10 days and it's for, you know, furnace. It's, I don't want to go stay at a resort. 
you know, and, and me and my girlfriend are going to Columbia for a month in July and we're going to stay in an Airbnb out there. I mean, it, I think they're, I think it's great. They're way better than hotels for sure. Uh, I have a buddy in Medellin. So if you're going there, you should definitely yeah, say hi. That's I'm going. Yeah. And so I manage three of his units, three of his units on Airbnb here in, in the Bay area. Yeah. Oh my, that's, that's awesome. I was actually thinking about, I'm like, man, like I've been to Columbia a bunch of times. I mean, I've, I love it down there. It's really, really cool area. So we're, I was thinking, I'm like, what if, you know, bought some property down there and, you know, Airbnb there too. <laughs> well, you know, talk, talk to Burton, man. I got a buddy out there, you know, and um, it's, I don't know, I forget what the little area is like Pablo village or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I can't really say it. I, I, mean, yeah, I don't speak yeah. Spanish, but I know yeah. it's the little, it's the main little city hub down there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So yeah. So look around with him, man. He will be your tour guide. hundred percent. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll definitely have to uh, link up with them when, when we go out there. So um, I know we're, we're coming up on an hour now, um, you know, on, on the subject of Airbnb. So if you guys have any other questions, you know, let's, let's get a couple more questions before we, you know, wrap up here in the next couple of minutes. I, I did see something that Darren brought up on, uh, you know, looked at a home in my area near wineries and AirDNA said the occupancy percentage should be around 30%. Wasn't sure if that would be too low per month. I mean, what would you say is too low in your opinion? So the, the honestly, the thing is about Air DNA when they give an occupancy, they always have it really low with a really mm -hmm. high nightly price, and I've never really got that about that. I need to like talk to their support and figure out why they do that. But what I do is I usually do hit that number, that annual number, but I but I lower the nightly price, and then I usually have it booked more like ninety percent, ninety percent occupancy. So if they tell you it's going to be booked thirty percent. Um, at um, $300 a night, you know, you might end up being still booked 90% of the time at $100 a night or something. I'm not sure exactly, but maybe, you know, new new areas might have some different seasonalities. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, oh, this is a great question from Evan here. So, uh, and maybe it's something that you do or don't do, but you know, what, what website do you go to when you're looking for traveling nurses or workers to stay at your Airbnbs? Or do you just, you know, that, that's just a common, you know, type of individual that does book. Yeah. Yeah. We have, um, we get nurses all the time. They do like 13 week stays at tons of properties and they find me on Airbnb. So there are other um, nurse specific sites like furnishedfinders.com. But my experience on Furnished Finders is they were lowballing us. And it's like, nah, no thanks, you know. Um, so we just stick with Airbnb and they 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 find us. When they want like a nicer property, um, you know, on Furnished Finders, they're getting like, you know, they're renting rooms from people, you know, and, and you know, they're trying to do a discount. So I don't know the other options. I'm sure there are many other options. Gotcha. Gotcha. Awesome. So. Um, T-Town Supreme set is asking, what are what are some of the basic things that you have in, you know, bathroom, kitchens, fridge that guests find, you know, and, and like to have? So, I mean, so in every bedroom, we like to have two nightstands and, and the guests, they teach me what they want. You know, they want a nightstand on both sides of the bed with a little lamp so they can yeah. re read their little book or whatever. I don't know who's doing that, but um but that's that's what we have. We also have we like to have art on the wall on you know two or three walls. 
we like to have. I like to have make sure that there's a handy outlet where they can charge their phone right next to the bed. Like if you, unfortunately, a lot of times the electric outlet is like behind the bed underneath it. So I'll make sure yeah. they don't have to climb under there. I'll go in there and plug in a, an extension cord and I might even like zip tie it to the side of the bed so it doesn't get lost. And it'll be like mm -hmm. right there, easy access. Or I might put like some kind of a wireless charger right on the table next to them, something like that. Um, in the fridge, I don't leave anything. I just leave coffee pot, coffee filters, stuff like that. I, I'm trying to slowly like roll out some other um, grocery delivery options. Um, mm -hmm. I'm using, I just started using Walmart grocery. So there's a service called Walmart Plus and you mm -hmm. subscribe, it's kind of like Amazon Prime. And then you get these free deliveries and on Walmart grocery, it's now it's called Walmart pickup and delivery. You can um, have an order delivered in a one hour time period, like Monday between one and two. So I'm, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, giving my guests an ability to order some groceries, you know, and then and charge them for that, for that service. Yeah. But, you know, really customize it. So if they want a fruit basket, we can have it for them. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Um, oh, here's a here's a good uh, topic. I think we could probably, you know, talk about this and then, you know, go ahead and wrap it up here. So Steve's saying, I love Airbnb, but, you know, I'm scared to scared to be honest because of government lockdowns on a whim. Um, you know, I'd love to hear your opinion on that. I'll share, you know, quickly mine and Pace's opinion on things that are going on right now. Um, it's no secret. Obviously, we have a lot of weird things that are going on um, in the U.S. right now. Um, and, you know, where we're investing primarily in Arizona, um, you know, with the moratorium currently until the end of March, obviously, you know, we're, we're in February right now. But, um, you know, we're having issues with some of our normal tenants uh, in properties that, you know, they just aren't paying rent. So we're having non-payment issues, which we can't evict for currently. So for us, we're hedging a little bit on, uh, you know, having, getting more Airbnbs going so that we can, you know, even out because we have quite a few tenants that aren't paying and they just, you know, have the CDC declaration. So they're able to not have to pay and it just doesn't matter. And we just have to keep paying the mortgages. So we're specifically hedging a little bit more on Airbnb. Like I would love to see for us to have, you know, five to 10 Airbnbs by the end of this year uh, running here in Arizona um, to, you know, kind of even out some of the rentals that we have because people are still going to travel regardless. Um, in my opinion, Steve, and, you know, in my thought process for Arizona as well is there's a lot of people that travel to Arizona for healthcare things. There's a lot of hospitals here. There's a lot of, um, you know, uh, service type um, you know, jobs where people do travel here. So that's, you know, those are some of the things that I think about that would still keep occupancy up. Um, and people travel to Arizona in general for the weather. And so, you know, regardless of COVID or, you know, lockdowns that are going on with the airlines still running, you know, people will still be traveling, even if it's to just be in a different climate. Um, so that's kind of my thought process on it. Obviously, there's a risk in everything that you do. Um, and it's just you got to, you know, assess your your own risk tolerance on that. Um, but, you know, what what are your thoughts on that, Noah? Or if there's, uh, you know, to assess, you know, within your risk, are you do you recommend, you know, having a certain amount of reserves for your particular property, um, whether it's a certain amount of months of reserves or a certain amount of you know capital based on the property or what is that? What do you what are your thoughts on that? 
Um, no, I mean, I, I think for, you know, for reserves, I would say you should just be able to withstand breaking even, maybe not making back some of your um, upfront capital you put in. If, if you if you break even on your mortgage and expenses, can you survive that a few months? Yeah. But but we've done better than that. Um, I think, you know, entrepreneurship is a is a is a risky sport. It's all risky. It's all risky. But it's don't risky. buy risky. If you buy, it's risky. If you don't, you know, it's it's all risky. <laughs> so I, I say get in get in the fight. Get in the game. Get in the fight. You might you might take one hit, but then you know you're gonna win in the end. So I would I say don't be scared. Um also um you know we're we uh we just listed a Hawaii unit recently and I look forward to getting out there soon. And and also listing some more units in Hawaii, hopefully soon. But um, and tourism is picking up out there. And, you know, I use Price Lab to see like the bookings are going up. Like, you know, I, I say, um, you know, the, the vaccines rolling out. People are feeling good. I think, um, you know, the glass is still half full. Yeah, 100 percent. I agree on that. You know, so um, end of the day, you know, you have to. Um, you know, assess your risk tolerance. I, I'm in total agreement with you on that. No, I think, you know, people are starting to go out more. I was in Las Vegas last weekend and it was packed. Like it was packed wall to wall and like the casinos, like people were everywhere. I mean, they're still wearing masks, but it was packed out there. So it was super interesting. I think, you know, you're, you're definitely right on that where tourism is picking up. I mean, wherever I've been traveling to, I've been seeing a lot more people uh, bouncing around. So, um, you know, it, it's super encouraging to see that as well. So, um, you know, guys, uh, to be able, you know, to connect with Noah, you can follow him on Instagram, Airbnb King Noah. Um, you can reach out to him on Facebook as well. Um, he has a, uh, you know, a course that he's coming out with next weekend on, you know, doing short-term, uh, rentals and, you know, kind of start to finish. So, um, Noah, I know that Pace and myself appreciate you so much and, you know, the help and guidance that you've given us on the properties that he has set up for himself already. And then the ones that me and him are going to be doing together with you. So, um, we're just so excited to, to rock and roll. And I hope you're ready to, you know, do five to 10 with us additional ones this year. A hundred percent, man. I'm super excited. And thank you guys. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Noah, thanks for being on tonight. Any uh, closing thoughts that you want to share with, with everyone on before we hop off? Yeah. So in closing, um, besides, you know, I, I love Airbnb, but I'm also huge and, and a huge, I'm, I'm like new into wholesale and I'm really serious about it. And we are building a, a super awesome door knocking team in California. If anybody is looking to join a door knocking team, please reach out to me. In, in California and we're building it and it's successful. We also have, a, um, you know, a weekday skills and seller call session every morning, weekday warrior program, 7 to 8 a.m. Pacific. So reach out to me about that too. Awesome. Awesome. And again, guys, that's at Airbnb King Noah on Instagram. So amazing guys. Well, have a great rest of your Sunday evening, everybody. Have an amazing week. And for those of you that have been on, if you didn't know, um, you can check out Sunday service on Spotify and iTunes. We do this every Sunday at 7 p.m. Arizona time. Happy to have everyone on. Have a wonderful evening, everybody, and we will see y'all later.